This is the first installment of the Way of the Master Evangelism series. I've got, there's about 30 minutes of video that we're going to watch, and there's like 10 three-minute videos, but I want to lay some groundwork. I'll probably do a little bit of teaching each week. I know we do have one lady in another class that would like to be in here but can't, so she's going to be watching these videos, and so Jim, maybe when when the time comes, you can put it on the, you can kind of rotate to the so that she can watch the video as well and uh, anybody else that might be online so uh, turn in your Bibles to second Timothy the word evangelist or evangelists plural is in our Bibles three times and this is one of them here in second uh, Timothy chapter 4 and this is one of them there's Rosie good morning sister. We're doing just a little bit of introduction to our evangelism series. And uh, and so who's got that? When, the, when you get there, read that, would you? 2 Timothy 4 what? 4 5. 4 5. 4 5. 4 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. All right. But watch thou in all things, and there are afflictions do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of that ministry. All right. So this is Paul admonishing Timothy to uh, to watch in all things. That's that's good for us to hear. To be watchful, to endure afflictions, and that says do the work of an evangelist. And so my thesis for this class, uh, kind of my purpose, is we may not all be evangelists, but we should all do the work of an evangelist. Can anybody amen that? Amen. So we may not all be evangelists. Uh, we know uh, ne- next week, I don't know if you knew this, I'm, ha- I'm having my arm surgery this week. And uh, I plan to be here, but I, I may not be teaching. Uh, I'm hoping uh, Brother Stan Palou can be in here. He he is an evangelist. And uh, so I want us to hear his heart. So we'll do that a little bit this 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 series here and see how I feel next week. But... Um, even though I'm not like Stan Palou, I mean, he just uh, witnesses to everybody he runs into. But we can do the work. And it is it is a little bit of work. It's an effort, I guess. Uh, but but it's, I, I know I, it's always been a blessing to me every time I, I do minister. And I, I do have opportunities almost every week to share the gospel with someone. But uh, this word evangelist or evangelism... I don't think evangelism is found in the Bible, but evangelist is. It, it's it's uh, transliterated into a word that means bearer or a giver of, of the gospel. So th- that's what this word means, is bearer or giver of the gospel. And, and the word gospel, uh, <clears throat> we, we don't always give the right... King James rendering of gospel. What, what do you think gospel means? Uh, be turning to Romans 10. That'll, that'll tell us. Good news is not actually in your King James, but glad tidings is. Nine, is it nine? Give him the little slack here. 
Oh, that's all right. I think I'm all right. Uh, what do you say there, Sarah? Yeah, Romans 10. And uh, read verse 15. This is really a good definition. This is a good Bible definition of gospel. And how, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So, yeah, so this gospel of peace, it, be, people have beautiful feet when they're going and sharing the gospel of peace. That uh, gospel brings peace. We'll talk about that in a minute. And bring glad tidings of good things. And and so most of the newer Bibles do translate that good news. But our old King James has glad tidings. And we'll see in a minute why that is. In fact, let, let's, uh, let's look at our... Uh, that 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 is actually a. Does anybody see in their Bible where that the reference to the Old Testament verse is? Isaiah fifty three. It's fifty two seven. Yeah, fifty two seven. Yeah. So now let's all go to Isaiah fifty two seven, and uh, we're gonna. So that that verse in Romans is a, a verse uh, in our New Testament. And it's it's a reference of the Old Testament verse Isaiah fifty two seven, and I'm gonna let Carol read that. She she found it there. It's almost exact wording, but it says something just a little different. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion that thy God reigneth. Yeah, so it, the, the, I mean, it's almost word for word, but instead of the word gospel being found there, it actually says glad, uh, good tidings, uh, good tidings or glad tidings, and so um, I know Kevin's been in the service, but uh, some of this is a military setting because if if the people of Israel were were uh, at war you know the women and children and older folks would would be at home and uh, the people that were off to war would send messengers back to the city and if the children of Israel were winning they would bring back good tidings or glad tidings like our our our, our soldiers are alive they're doing well and we're we're winning and it, it's really a message of victory and uh, by conquering the enemies, they, they established peace. And that, that they would save their people. It would be a, a physical, literal salvation. And so um, I'll just go ahead and kind of give you... I was going to wait till later, but um, <clears throat> think about this. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but the word angel is actually in evangelism. And does anybody know what the word angel means? Uh, Jim, Jim said it. You didn't see him. You didn't. It means messenger. And I, I'm kind of slacking off here. We, uh, man, Jim, you you got at least one here. Carol, you had one. Who else? Uh, Rich, did you have one? Oh man, this one's kind of smashed. So you. <laughs> Who else had one? Did uh, so? Did Ed have one? He he can't. You got to catch for him, Rich. 
Uh, so, so, so you think of this, this, this evangelist, this messenger is bringing the gospel of glad tidings of, of peace. You can have peace in your life, and and because we're at war, we're at war, and people need to be saved. And so, this whole thing of salvation, and and uh, before I start the video, the, the other one is. Uh, in Ephesians 6.15, when we, when we put on the full armor of God, one of them is to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so we are bringing the gospel of feet. With, when we shod our feet, we are going to go and share the word of the Lord. And so uh, I think I'm going to roll the video now. And start. Yeah. Did an angel become like God's right hand man or woman? You know, well, there is the angel of the Lord. It's an Old Testament reference to Christ. But uh, there, there's. Created beings. Yeah, they are created beings. I mean, like you know, God would say, "Hey, go tell my people this." Yeah. Yeah. Send them, you know, send them to Chicago or send them to. Yeah. You know, United States or whatever. Yep, with a message. Little, you know, right hand men. Huh. Uh, that's good. That's good. All right. So let me. Uh, do I have the controls? No, I forgot my remote. I remembered everything but that. No, there was a remote here. Oh, that, was that wasn't it. Okay. Um, is this the right video? There? Number one. Yep. I mean, uh, I didn't know. Yep, that's it. The firefighter. Yep. I think that's it. Because these are the ones I had, not the ones you had. Oh, really? So I don't know what you had. All right. Well, let's see. It's pretty good. I watched it. An experienced firefighter. What you show off the light? Charged with grave neglect of duty, prosecutors maintained that he had abandoned his responsibility when he failed to release rescue equipment. This resulted in the needless and tragic deaths of a family of five. Eyewitnesses were sickened when they discovered that the reason the firefighter remained locked in the emergency vehicle was simply because he was testing a new high-tech CD player, which he maintained he had bought as a gift for the fire chief. The fire chief immediately distanced himself from the defendant, and he dishonorably discharged him from the department. In a prepared statement, the chief said, quote, there are no words to describe such a betrayal of those he was sworn to protect. The lead prosecuting attorney argued that for more than three minutes after arriving on the scene, the firefighter wore earphones and listened to a CD while a family of five was screaming to be rescued from the sixth floor of a burning building. Horrified onlookers related that as flames licked her clothing, a mother cried out in terror and fell to her death while still clutching an infant in her arms. Other witnesses said that the father was clutching two terrified children as he was engulfed by the massive flames. This terrifying drama took place in full view of the firefighter as he remained seated in the vehicle listening to the CD. The defense pleaded no contest but added that the defendant went to great personal sacrifice to purchase the expensive gift for the chief and hoped that the judge would take that into consideration as he passed sentence. What do you think is a fitting punishment for this serious crime? Two years in prison? 20 years? A life sentence? Capital punishment? You be the judge. Please choose an answer because we're going to tell you more about this story later in the program.
said, oh, my friends, we're loaded down with countless church activities, while the real work of the church, that of evangelizing and winning the lost, is almost entirely neglected. Here's the point. If you're not sharing your faith, if you're not seeking the lost and obeying the scriptures to save them with fear, pulling them out of the fire, if you don't have enough concern for them to do that, then you are that firefighter. Hmm. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if we are merely drawing near to him with our lip service, but remaining far from him in our hearts, refusing to do those things he's told us to do, then he is not our Lord. And he will distance himself from us on the day of judgment, despite our sacrifice of praise. We'll cry out to him, Lord, Lord, and he will say to us, depart from me. I never knew you. What sentence did you give that firefighter? Did you give him two years, 20 years, life sentence, capital punishment? Are you and I honest enough to judge ourselves by the same standard? Think of the fate of that family. Think of his dreadful neglect of duty. He was no firefighter. He was a Judas. He was a traitor. Their blood was on his hands. Now think of those people you know who aren't saved. Your mother, your father, a spouse, your children, and think of their terrible fate. Now think of our neglect of duty. Charles H. Spurgeon said, Have you no wish for others to be saved? 
then you are not saved yourself. Be sure of that. Listen to these sobering words. Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you are not saved yourself. Be sure of that. after someone dies? I don't know. Do you think there's a heaven and hell? I don't know. Do you ever think about life and death? All the time. Um, some form of afterlife. What form? I, I really don't know. Do you believe in heaven and hell? Yes. Heaven is here and hell is here. So when someone dies, they don't go to heaven or hell? No. So there's no hope of an afterlife? I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe in that. The afterlife is a heart, the feeling of love that we have for people or that we leave behind. All the good things that we do for everybody in the world. The good thing. I think that so to heaven, I would go to heaven. You think you'd go to heaven? Yes, I do, because I'm a very good person. I've done a lot of good things. I try to help everybody. I try to do a good deed every day. What's the other side? Death. As opposed to not dying? Yeah, life. Oh, oh gosh. I think maybe you... Uh... I don't know. I think it's ex- I th- Do you ever think about it? Yeah, I do, actually. I talked to my friend about it. And I think basically, I don't know. But my best guess would be that maybe you, you start something out. You start out, and you might not know exactly what's going on. Heaven. Darkness. I don't know yet. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, what do you think happens on the other side? When someone dies, what's on the other side? Uh, lots of lights. Lots of lights? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I mean, that's a trivial question. I mean, people believe a lot of different things. Some people believe you get more enlightened. I mean, some people might go might go to heaven. People might go to hell. Or you might come back reincarnated. You might come back as a tree. See, so what? That's a tree. What's that? A tree? That's a tree right here. This might have been Billy right here. Or when someone dies, what's on the other side? I believe nothing. <clears throat> nothing? Nothing. I think when you're dead, game's over, and that's all there is to it. Well, I think... Uh... I don't know. I don't know. Probably, you know, a lot of answers, and probably you come back again. You guys believe in heaven? Yeah. Do you believe in hell? Yeah. I believe that we're on. We're here at the present time. We're in hell, and when you die, you just go to heaven. Oh, we're in hell. Yeah. Are you having a good time in life? It's cool. Yeah, it could be better. Is it cool? It's, it's all right. Yeah. Well, it's not hell, then, is it? If you have a good time. stolen in your life anything at all yes so you're a lying thief well i'm a lying thief but that doesn't make me a killer or a murderer have you ever hated anybody yes the bible says whoever hates his brother is a murderer have you ever looked with lust yes have you ever used god's name in vain yes what's your name again Annette, you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterant heart by your own admission, and you're saying you're a good person when you're not, and that's called self-righteousness. As far as the day that a judgment calls, I think I'll face him and tell him. If there is a guy, I say, you know, I'll face him and talk to him about it. I mean, God's supposed to be your friend, right? Listen to this letter written by an unsaved friend. 
My friend, I stand in judgment now and feel that you're to blame somehow. On earth I walked with you by day and never did you show the way. You knew the Savior in truth and glory, but never did you tell his story. My knowledge then was very dim. You could have led me safe to him. Though we lived together here on earth, you never told me of the second birth. And now I stand before eternal hell. Because of heaven's glory, you did not tell. Don't let that happen to those you love. Go to them. Seek and save the lost the way Jesus did. There's only a certain amount of time left. Perhaps you, like many others, are praying for revival. And that's good. But if we pray for revival and fail to share our faith, if we relegate revival to a sovereign move of God, this, in essence, is what we're saying. God, we know your word says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, but we'll stay here and pray. We know the gospel is the power of God to salvation, but we'll stay here and pray. Because it sure is easier to talk to God about men than to talk to men about God. We must put legs to our prayers. Listen to what the Bible says. The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. If we love people, we must do something. C.T. Studd said, We Christians too often substitute prayer for playing the game. Prayer is good, but when used as a substitute for obedience, it is nothing but a blatant hypocrisy, a despicable Phariseeism. To your knees, man, and to your Bible. Decide at once. Don't hedge. Time flies. Cease your insults to God. Quit consulting flesh and blood. Stop your lame, lying, and cowardly excuses. Enlist. into the sky and it reflects the light of the sun into this dark earth. Well, the church is kind of like the moon. We're just dirt that God has exalted and we reflect the light of the glorious gospel into this dark earth. But the moon does more than just reflect light. It actually governs the tides of the earth. God has given the church the ability under his hand to govern the tides of revival. A.W. Pink said... It's true that many are praying for worldwide revival, but it would be more timely and more scriptural for prayer to be made to the Lord of the harvest that he would raise up and thrust forth laborers who would fearlessly and faithfully preach those truths which are calculated to bring about a revival. And that's what we're trying to do through this program, The Way of the Master, is to give you those truths which are calculated to bring about a revival through the power of God, raising up true and faithful laborers who will go out into his harvest. So please, if you're a Christian, whether you're a pastor or a bookstore owner, a mother, a father, a student, commit yourself to the Lord. Equip yourself. Learn how to share your faith effectively. And please, consider committing to watching this program so that we can help you to become a true and faithful laborer. Learning to share your faith effectively Biblically, the way Jesus did.
going to Santa Monica, California, the Third Street Promenade, and all these people are here shopping. And they're hanging out, sitting on park benches, enjoying themselves. It's a perfect spot to meet with people and talk with them about the things of eternity. It sounds a little crazy, but you watch and see how friendly people can be and how much they appreciate someone to take the time to talk to them about important things. One of the first things Jesus said to his disciples was, Come after me, I'll make you become fishers of men. And the principle of fishing is that you go to the fish. You don't wait for the fish to come to you. They may jump into your boat, but it's very unlikely. <laughs> so every single Christian should have his own fishing spot. Of course, we, we fish to try and reach our friends and family. But this is strangers. But Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, I thank God that the disciples didn't stay in the upper room and just worship God and hope that people would come to visit. They went into all the world and preached the gospel to every creature. upon a woman to lust after her 
has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? That's true. I mean, seriously, who hasn't? All of us have. Okay. Have you ever used God's name in vain? I know you don't believe that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your name? Billy. Billy, I'm Ray Billy. Do you know what God did for you so you wouldn't have to go to hell? Well, yeah, I grew up Catholic, so I know the whole piece of the battle. What did he do? He died. He died on the cross. Took cross. your punishment yeah. on himself so you could go free. Well, that's a, that's a theory, guys. Now he's sharing the gospel. Once you understand your sin and that God made provision for your forgiveness, then it'll make sense. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, he's a leader. Do you have a Bible at home? Yes, I do. Actually, I have three different kinds. Well, why don't you take some time to read it and think about why I'm talking to you like this? So, what Ray's doing right now is he's just encouraging the guy to read his Bible. And he said he grew up Catholic. And he really wants him to begin to think seriously about these things because he says, well, if the Word of God comes to me, I'll believe it. Genesis. 
but we know that the Bible is filled with accurate and trustworthy genealogies. History and archaeology have demonstrated that. Besides, everyone has to descend from someone. And Jesus descended from his mother, who descended from real parents, who had to descend from more real people, all the way back to Adam. So Adam has to be a real person, because Jesus was a descendant of Adam. And you can't be descended from a myth. Many Christians are fearful to share their faith. And that's understandable. They don't feel equipped. You arm any soldier with a feather duster and push him into the heat of modern warfare, he's not going to be very courageous. But you give him state-of-the-art weapons, and those weapons will give him courage. And what we want to share with you is what Charles Spurgeon called our greatest auxiliary, our greatest weapon. We want to teach you how to circumnavigate that place of argument. That means that Uncle Arthur, who is always antagonistic toward Christianity at Thanksgiving table, can now be reached with the gospel because you're not going to go for his intellect, the place of argument, but you're going to speak directly to his conscience. Do you go to your way to share your faith with others? Um, yeah, I try. I mean, it's. I mean, this world's a difficult world, and it's it's hard to approach people knowing how to approach people and like the right things to say because you don't want to come off too strong and people, you know, turn against it even more. So, I mean. To me, I feel like it's better to form a friendship with someone, and then when you feel comfortable enough, you can talk about your faith with them and stuff. But I mean, when I have a relationship with them and I feel comfortable enough, but that I mean, that's that's the other thing is what I was saying before. It's it's there's a right time to say everything, and I think that just to come off and say you know stuff kind of off guard to people can you know put up their guard against you and be defensive. So I think it's just it's good to build that. Relationship relationship and then just tell them just how wonderful God is, just the best plan for your life and always there for you and yeah. <laughs> if I knew that tomorrow something horrible is going to happen, I would probably talk about eternity and, and heaven and you know, because I just lost um, a really close friend in a car accident and um, and so like now no one's guaranteed another day on this earth and so <laughs> but um you know, it's, it's good to think like this because regarding relationship evangelism, I used to think, man, you've got to build a relationship with someone before you can talk about their eternal salvation. But you know I can build a relationship with someone in three minutes. Yeah. If I care about their eternal destiny, I know they could be snatched into eternity tomorrow. So now when I meet someone... I try my best to be loving and nice and kind, yeah. and I say, God, give me courage, and I swing to the things of God and say, have you got a Christian background? Because I know they could be dead tomorrow, yeah. and I can't wait till next year to build that relationship, you know? And and that's like what, I mean, through losing him has taught me just that we aren't guaranteed another day on this earth, and that, you know, tomorrow we could all die, could all die, and that it, it's, we just can't procrastinate anymore. I mean, we just put it off like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, or, I'll, you know, I'll talk to him about it next week or something or I mean but we can't we don't know if we'll ever have that chance and if if my brother and I were talking about if our friend Mike who, who passed away hadn't been a Christian 
I mean, we would feel so guilty after knowing him for eight years and never, you know, leading him to the Lord and like just knowing that, it, you know, God was opening a path for us to help him and if we hadn't have done it. But I mean, mm. luckily he was a Christian. And Think so. of your non-Christian friends now that you've built a relationship with yeah. that you haven't spoken to. Because you know what I found? The longer you leave it, the harder it gets. Yeah. You know, it becomes distant. So now I've got to say to myself, why am I holding back? And it's because I'm afraid of rejection. Mm. I'm, I'm afraid of offending that person. Yeah. And yet they could be snatched into eternity and gone forever. And so it's important to think, mm. okay, today is the day of salvation. God used me today as a witness mm. for you. And I think also it can be discouraging sometimes when you do try with people that are just, just happen to be really stubborn people that just think what they think and they, you know, it will have no part of it. And it's so hard because it, it breaks my heart because I'm like, you know, I love you so much, but I'm going to spend eternity without you, you know? And, and where's that person going to go to? They die without Christ, they die in their sins. So if you're a Christian, whether you're a mother or a father, a student, a pastor, a bookstore owner, an actor, a waiter, learn to focus your attention upon the most important reason that the church exists on the earth, to seek and save the lost the way that Jesus did. Think of the resources that are at your disposal and learn to use them for evangelism. If we can help you through this program, through the Evidence Bible, please let us do that. And commit yourself to the Lord and to the lost. For more information about our ministry or to purchase your own copy of the Way of the Master television series, visit our website no, yeah. at www.wayofthemaster.com or call us toll-free yeah, at 877-496-8686. Probably done with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's go ahead and turn it on. And he said, let there be light. <laughs> that was so good. What are, what are your thoughts as you listen to that? Not true, it is. Yeah. You know, we do pray and try to get our friends and you know bring to God. And sometimes, like you say, when you talk at somebody, you don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk to them to listen. The firefighter deal. Just let them burn to death. Yeah. He had to have a demon in him or something standing there watching them. Yeah, that's unbelievable, isn't it? You're a firefighter. Yeah, it's unthinkable, isn't it? I appreciated what um, how he uh, talked about, you know, not going to the intellect because you can stay there a long time. Yeah. You know, never get anywhere. To get find ways to get around that, where yeah. you're talking, you're addressing their content because we all have a conscience and we all are sinners. Yeah, and so there's no debate there. Yeah, yeah that really. I do like that about this because I've argued with people before and it nobody really wins in a spiritual argument. Sometimes, no matter how much proof you give them, they just they, yeah. I wanted to say something real quick. Sure, sure. I loved everything that they said and that, that part where they, they talked about developing relationships with someone, mm-hmm. you know, to, and and how the, the lady waited until 
you know, they were there was a connection before she witnessed. Um, I, I don't know how exactly to put this, but I, I kind of do that in a way, but I don't only do that. Honestly, uh -huh. I, I witness to people in the short term also, but I I found that. Uh, there's a place in the Bible, I can't remember exactly where it's at, but it talks about um, uh, living a quiet, peaceful life and, and loving those around you. And I found that showing or living the gospel is just as powerful sometimes as sharing the gospel yeah. with your mouth. Yeah. Seeing you, you live your faith inspires people to even approach you and say, mm -hmm. hey, what, what is this that's different about mm -hmm. you? I want to know something about mm -hmm. you. <clears throat> what do you think he, he said uh, so there's Kirk Cameron and, and Ray Comfort uh, that, that's who was on the video and R Ray made a mention that sometimes it's harder the longer you know people it's harder to maybe say something later on to share your faith uh, I thought that was kind of interesting like family yeah yeah maybe especially family that they know you and it's hard to share with family. That's yeah, what, that's what happens when, excuse me, the client advocates when we go in and work with the girls. And sometimes when it's a crisis, you don't want to, you know, they don't, they feel a little, you know, stressed about sharing the gospel, so they uh. ask to pray with them. But they tell me if they if they don't do that and then they wait, it's actually even harder. You know, uh. They feel like, oh, well, wait till they come in a few times and yeah. you know them and all that. Then they try it. It's even harder. Huh. You know, so, they, so you guys try to initially it back to, you know, trying to first time out. The first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it's harder. Yeah. Even with people in my work, I see them come and go, and uh, I didn't share the gospel with that guy. One guy went to, uh, he got transferred to Florida to a different one of our locations this week. And and I, he sent an email to thank everybody has been good working with you type of thing. And and uh, I sent him, I, I, I have my testimony typed out. And I, I sent him a copy of my, I said, like, I don't think I ever really shared my faith with you. You know, I worked with him for eight years about the same time as that girl said. And I haven't heard back from him yet, but... Uh, it was just good for me to do that. It's like, okay, at least I did that, you know, Kevin. Oh, well, uh, I, I try to share it quite a bit, and I'm always hit with resistance, and people want to get into intellectual battle with me about, well, what do you think about this and and this and this and and, and all that stuff, and and I try to I try to throw things at them like. Uh, well, you know, I see it like they're wearing a watch or something. I was like, if you take that pocket watch and, you know, you put it in a bag and you smash it into a thousand pieces and you shake that bag around for a thousand years, you think it'll ever put itself back together again. <laughs> I try to share stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, well, how do you think that the, you know, the earth came about or, uh -huh. you know, man or or animals and, and all that stuff. Yeah. They don't have any answers for me, but... They wanna, they wanna. Like some people, they're like, you know, if I met Jesus, I'd spit in his face and and stuff like that. And you know, I used to let that stuff get offend me a little bit, but now I don't because you know everybody's entitled to their opinion, and if that's how they feel, then that's how they feel, and I can't take that away from them. But I can, I can show them the love of God through yeah. not letting it offend me. 
Yeah. You're pretty quick on your feet. I know I've heard you talk to people, and you usually have something to say. I just meant Rosie. Yeah, go, no, go ahead. Uh, no, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> like Kevin was saying, I've I've been with him, and I've seen him walk up to people and start praying. You know, huh. the grocery store a couple times, the gas station. Uh huh. It's yeah. it just he can sense it, you know. Uh huh. People, I've seen him do it loads. The truck, you know, the truckers that come in there. Yeah. And, and like at the grocery store, pay for some lady's food that you one time a month ago. Hmm. Didn't even know her, and just hmm. how he, his power, you know, how well, his love for the Lord, how he just hmm. does that out of instinct, you know. Hmm. It's kind of cool. <clears throat> Were you going to say something too, Sarah? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I've done that too, like, if I've seen, I saw um, a homeless guy, like, right on the side of the highway when I was coming, like, on my way to church one morning. So I, I pulled over, and I got out, and I gave I gave him a couple dollars, but I, I prayed with him. Huh. You know, I just said, can I pray huh. for you? Yeah. And I prayed with him. But it, what was really cool is Drake was watching me, so. Yeah. yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. That's good and sensitivity. Pretty happy after I got that. Yeah. That is neat. Yeah. Rosie, what were you going to say? Well, I remember a young lady that was, well, she wasn't young, she's an old lady. <laughs> Lived in a motel, and a nice person came to the motel. And I think she knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think so. And when she was really down to the point of doing something really stupid, huh. and was doing things, dumb things at the time, but you you did uh, you know reach out to me, and I know it's nice people. We do reach out to them. We don't huh. think we get through to them. You do, because mm-hmm. I'm sitting right here. Mm-hmm. And I thank you so much. That's sweet, Rosie. So please don't Yeah. Wait talking to people. Yeah, you never know. So, yeah. Somebody will listen. Yep. And it will go to You the did. Heart. You were hungry and you wanted the Lord. Let, let me just read you this little scenario. Uh, th- these, uh, let's see, these are going to be our workbooks. And I, I, I just ordered 20 of them. Three of these are like I checked them out. They were in this library. I checked them out. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I can't really let you take these because I got to bring them back. But uh, anyway, uh, they're going to be five dollars a piece. And next week, I'm just going to give everybody one. And if you want uh, to pay for one, just put money in the offering. And so I'll just leave that. But I'll, I'll pass those out next week. Uh, no, you just put five dollars extra in the offering, and uh, that'll just cover the cost of them. But here, this is chapter one. So uh, there's really eight chapters or eight videos, but uh, we we may extend it a little bit. And uh, I know Pat and I have talked about doing some scenarios and sharing teaching, and so uh, so we may do some extra thing. But uh, let me just read you this little dialogue here. This is in chapter one. Uh, this is a Christian. He says, "Hi, Mrs. Smith. How are you doing? I'm here to see Eric." Uh, Mrs. Smith says, Are you two having lunch again? I haven't seen him come through the lobby today. He came into work last week with a bad hangover. Probably the same thing has happened today. How was church? Christian said it was really good. We had Brother Don Waterdowns come in and do a series of miracle he- of meetings, miracle meetings. Hundreds gave their hearts to the Lord. I'm in charge of follow-up program. 
Man, I didn't realize how easy it is to get people saved. Lots of were getting blessed and people were coming to the altar without even being preached to. Mrs. Smith says, what a blessing. We had him at our church too. He advocates non-confrontational friendship evangelism. Christian says, yes, I like that. It's what I've been using with Eric. We've become good buddies over the years. Mrs. Smith says, I like that approach too. It's so much better than shoving the gospel down people's throats. Christian says, true, that can alienate them. I'm waiting for the right time to bring up the subject of God with Eric. It's been two years now. I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. Eric came to one of the meetings, and he really seemed to enjoy it. That's the good thing about non-confrontational evangelism. Maybe today he will bring up the subject. I never do because I don't want to offend him. I'm just a good friend, and I think that's the right approach. Mrs. Smith says, I agree. I'll call his secretary. Perhaps she she will know why he's late. Christian says, okay, thanks. Mrs. Smith says, Jeannie, Rose Smith here. Is Eric in? Christian Loveless is here to see him. Christian, what's wrong? Your face has turned pale. Mrs. Smith, I, I'm afraid Eric died during the night. He had an aneurysm in his sleep and was pronounced dead at 8.17 this morning. And so that's, that's the story of a, of a Christian who knew Eric for two years and uh, he died before he got to share his faith with him. And uh, that's a real kind of story, isn't it? Yeah. I uh, listened to the audio book of Screwtape Letters. Oh, man. And uh, I've been listening to it off and on because like, uh, I don't remember huh. and everything in it. Anyways, this reminds me of that because, uh, you know, just as, you know, we may be appointed an angel, uh, we could also be appointed a demon. Hmm. And it's like, it kind of reminds me of like the Chiefs pregame or whatever, you know, like they go out, they have people that watch all the other teams that they're potentially going to go against and they film them. Uh And then they sit there and study them and and what their weaknesses are and stuff like that. And I feel like demons Hmm. do that to us and Hmm. what they do. It's a Christian, he he was a Christian. So uh, there was... Uh, a demon sit there appointed to him saying, hey, you can wait till tomorrow. You don't want to offend him. You know, it, it'll be all right. You know, mm-hmm. you always got tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. like that. Yeah. And I, I feel that way too sometimes. It's procrastination, yeah. Yeah. Well, do, do that this this week. Uh, I mean, if you want one of these uh, and you can afford $5 next week, do that. Um, but But do this this week. Think of one person in your life, and and maybe more that you can be praying for during this. Because I do, uh, I honestly, uh, I think this is the the third time through this series for me, and th- this is how I I typically work with people. Is some variation of, you know, you kind of got to make it your own, and this is not some canned thing that we all are going to do the same thing the same way. But uh, you know. There might be better messengers for the Lord, but nobody has a better message than Jesus Christ saved you. You know, I had a pastor tell me, uh, how hard is it to say God loves you and Jesus Christ died for you? Uh, when he said that, that, that just clicked with me. I like, okay, that's that's kind of where I started evangelism. And even I do a lot of walking in the morning, and I see other people walking, walking their dogs, and, and I try to say, you know, have a blessed day, or I say something 
you know, nobody has time. We all got our headphones in, but, you know, at least if I can say, you know, God loves you. I haven't said that yet, but I need to say that just... So however you do it, maybe this will be a start for you to develop your own method of sharing the faith, cause your faith, because we all want to do that. And we all, uh, and boy, this thing of fire, I know it struck you, Rich, but if you can picture your friend, uh, I did that just recently with uh, someone that I love very dearly, and I don't think he's a safe person. And think about that person in hell. You know, that's... If that doesn't motivate you, I had, I had another preacher tell me that the most selfish person in the world is someone who's willing to go to heaven alone. I thought that was just pretty strong. If you're, that's the most selfish person in the world is willing to go to heaven alone. So we we don't want to go alone. We've got uh, empty seats in here today, and uh, there'll be empty seats in the sanctuary. And so there's always room for one more at the foot of the cross, isn't there? Uh, let, let, let's uh, look at uh, two more places in the Bible. Uh, and Pat, you'll like these. Uh, Pat, why don't you look at Luke 4.18. I know that's one of your favorite verses. And uh, uh, No, I don't think it is. And Angie, I'll have you look at the other one. You look at Isaiah 61. So Luke 4.18... And Isaiah 61, 1. Go ahead, Pat, 418. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, so Jesus is reading there uh, at the start of his earthly ministry and uh, he says that the spirit is on him he's anointed to preach the gospel uh, that, that's what the word Christ means is anointed one and uh, so Christ was anointed to preach the gospel and uh, Angie read this Old Testament uh, reference this is the cross reference in the Old Testament almost the same the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound yeah, yeah, almost the same thing. I, I just wanted to connect us all with uh, Christ. As pre- he's anointed to preach the gospel in the Old Testament. The uh, prophet Isaiah, he, he's anointed him to preach good tidings. And so again, just this uh, cross-reference of the gospel meaning good tidings. And it, it is good news and, and everybody needs to hear it. And I'll just... Uh, I'll share this one story while it's fresh in my mind. Uh, we've all we've all got some stories. I didn't look up the verse. I think it's uh, it's in Genesis. Uh, hey, everybody, look at Genesis with me. Uh, I'll I'll find it here real quick. Chapter thirty. Uh, Pam, or would you, or Emma, read that one? Chapter uh, Genesis thirty, verse one. 
don't have a King James Bible right Oh, man. Go ahead, though. We'll see what it says. Genesis 30, verse 1. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister, so she said to Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. That's perfect. So, uh, this is the story of, of Rachel, and she is telling... Uh, 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 she's telling, uh, she's actually, this is kind of a prayer. Uh, she's saying, give me children or else I want to die. I, and uh, so I'll just leave you. So a pastor a pastor read this verse, a guy, a guy I know, and he, 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 he used that in the sense of evangelism. He's like, God, I just want to win somebody to the Lord. I, God, if you don't give me fruit in my life, I just want to die. And he, he was so burdened. And so he, he went out one afternoon and took a handful of tracks. And he witnessed to everybody he could. And he's just so passionate. God, I need, I need fruit in my life. I want to give you, uh, you know, increase your kingdom. And he was doing it for the right reasons. And he went all day and he was just so frustrated. No, nobody wanted to listen. They're like, you're saying, Kevin, they... They uh, want to spit in the face of Christ or whatever, and and so he gets home at ten o'clock that night, and he's just all defeated. He spent most of the day passing out tracts and just trying to share the Lord, and and uh, it was about eleven o'clock that night. He said that um, he was in college, and and one of the other college uh, students that lived in his dorm knocked on his door. And he ended up leading him to Christ before midnight that night. And I, so God honored his prayer, didn't he? Yeah. Just give me children. God, you know, this, it's just a whole new way of thinking. We're going to be inundated with TV and music and the world today. We really have to break If our church is in elementary school, what is it going to take to bring us to the next level? And I think evangelism will do that. It'll do that in each of our lives as we grow and uh, and get a burden. Because you know, if if you you know, I know I know women, especially who can't have children, they want so bad to have children, don't they? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's just an emptiness without without fruit. And and so, Kevin, were you gonna say something? Why don't you share what you want to, and then we'll just why don't you pray for us? I'm going to share and I'll pray uh, So, like that whole spit in the face of Jesus thing, uh, the reason it didn't upset me is because I realized that uh, I was that person who spit in the face mm. of Jesus. I was the person who nailed the nails in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't upset me. Mm. That's well said. And, uh, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just uh, want to come to you as a, a humble servant. Uh, I just ask that... Uh, you give uh, each and every one of us this week uh, words of utterance. I ask that uh, we take away from this uh, this Bible study hour, this adult uh, Bible fellowship, what you want us to take away from it and just uh, leave the rest behind. I, I ask that uh, uh, you be with each and every one of us as, uh, uh, you know, Satan what, uh, wishes to kill, steal, and destroy. And... Uh, Anything that we plant, he wants to steal it back, like uh, the parable of the sower and the uh, fowls of the air. I just uh, ask that uh, you allow it to uh, to be planted and, and for the roots to grow deep and uh, for it to be on fertile ground and just uh, plow, plow the fields ahead of us, Lord, and, 
I just ask mm. that you give us a, a good. good day today as we're, we're about to go into uh, our normal service. Uh, just allow us to hear what we need to hear, Lord. And Jesus, pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Plow the fields ahead of us. That was good. We did have two prayer 